0: You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with Industry Influencer of the Year, Kirk Stafford, and guests. Proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and save 40% of their time processing maintenance requests. Box Brownie, the innovators in property photography. Have a look at their new product, Snap, Snap, Snap. This is the brand new phone app designed specifically for real estate agents, which allows you to shoot professional quality photographs straight from your phones. Inspection Express, they're the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties, as well as Agent Dynamics, The market leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow, and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Well, welcome to what is the final in series one of the Influential Conversations podcast. And today, my guest is the amazing Julie Davis from. Agent dynamics and so many other things. Love your business. Uh, I, I, I lose track with you, Julie.
1: You—that's uh, why I be brand under Julie so Davis, right? That's why I just <laughs> like Julie Davis and all these other things float off me, which is um,
0: yeah. very uh, cool. You, you've been you you've been around and allied with the, the, the real estate industry for Over more three years, years than I know. Yeah, that's three mm-hmm. decades plus. You're a coach. You're a consultant. Okay, I've got a bit of a crush on you, so. <laughs> professionally speaking.
1: So, but, uh, I'm, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> what I'm interested in is is who you actually are. So, Julie, tell us your story. How did you come into this industry? How did you come into real estate and, and, and property?
1: Okay, interesting question. I guess I come into, in the 90s, through a failed business venture of a franchise that uh, we had purchased and ended up going south and ended up in the in the court system so I had someone um one of my neighbors actually in where I lived in Canberra owned an agency and he called me one day and said you know hey I, I, have you ever thought about real estate I hadn't really I've always had a like because Pete was a builder mm. and you know, we built a couple of houses and all of that sort of thing. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll just give it a bit of a crack. And so I made an agreement with myself, firstly, that if in one year I did not sell one house, I would quit. And I'm happy to say that at the end of year one, I had sold 50 houses and continued to do so each and every year when I was a technician in the industry. And I think the reason I did that is because originally I'd come from a direct sales um, background Yep. and I always had the attitude or the mentality of that I am a business within a business. Mm -hmm. I'm not an employee. I'm not, you know, it's my business. I've always been reasonably entrepreneurial, but I was very much uh, because I'd come from direct sales, it was very much like had built some really strong and have come very naturally to me to build strong relationships. And I just continued to do that um, in real estate. And it was it was greatly successful. I actually changed my first agency within a, a couple of months. And the reason I did that was because they were not supportive in terms of giving me any training. They didn't think that was particularly necessary. And of course, it's really important that you, you have a, a high skill level in our industry. And I took myself off to, it was the REI in the ACT. And that day was actually very pivotal in my life for several reasons. The first reason I innately knew if I stayed where I was in that environment, I would never realize any success. Now, on that day, I actually had a contrast of um, the two trainers that were in that room who owned a real estate agency. I was blown away. And I thought, wow, if I was in this environment with these tools, I could do really, really well. Well, it just so happens that that day is the day that I met my business partner of 15 years and a 30-year relationship, professional relationship was happened on that day and i ended up going and worked for that agency for a number of years until i semi retired and come to the gold coast bought management rights but the foundation of what i learned was really pivotal to my success the accountability the support really set me up for success so that's my that was my entrance in to real estate and the reason for saying that is sometimes you will go into something but you might be in the wrong environment for you Yep, And environment always wins. And so if you are somewhere that is the, not the right environment, that you don't have shared values and the level of support that you need to have for a success framework, you need to consider where do you need to be to get that framework.
0: Yep, that's right. And that's, that's really interesting because the, the environment and uh, I think we now say culture within yes. an organisation is, is just incredibly, incredibly important it's 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 the most vital part of the organization really it it underpins the uh the performance the success the enjoyment of everybody within that office environment
1: um i agree kirk and like with my particularly when i'm talking about obviously my my journey has transposed a lot but still within the industry and now as a coach and consultant when I'm talking to my clients about like what I believe are the critical elements when they're recruiting um, a team member is a, is this three key things that they need to focus on. And the first one being culture, vision and values. Now, I'm not talking about words on the wall. I'm talking about what what is the essence, what's actually lived inside that organisation and to have a values match with that person to say, Is this the person that I hand on heart believe will truly uphold our values and be the character of the person that I am proud to introduce as a representative of our company? That's the first thing. The second thing, and going back to our Asian Dynamics work here with our our profiling, is is that person innately tuned, tuned for that role? Now, what I mean is there's two critical elements we need to look at, one being skill level and the other being your natural energy or flow. Because I often ask the question in a team session is who has ever had a job that they could do technically, but at the end of the day, they felt no joy or fulfillment from that job and they weren't energized. And I promise you, everybody's hand goes up. And it's what I call full pockets, empty heart. Now, yep. as a human being, like one of the, you know, we talk about Maslow's hierarchical needs is that that need in terms of contribution but self actualization of that we're actually making a difference and that we're fulfilled both personally and professionally.
0: Yep, that's right. Third, the, the
1: key thing that I'll just finish up on is the skill level. Now, what I don't mm-hmm. see happening in our industry is skills testing now? If you've passed box one, box two, we're then making an assumption of what is on the resume to be true and correct, which in most cases it's not. But we we'll, we say we've ascertained this person is a great fit. Where do we need to support them in terms of their skill level, or where can they demonstrate the skill level that they're at to fulfil that role?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I agree, and, and you're right. But we we do facts, and I've always. When I've brought people on in an organisation, I've always, I think, I've done some skills-based testing in terms of the questioning that uh, I, I engage in in the interview, but I mean, my focus has always been on recruit for attitude because with the right attitude, skills can be taught. We recruit for attitude, recruit for fit. Don't recruit yes. because they're, they're, they're a great technician because they could be a great technician and, you know, every time they walk out of the office, they're leaving a hand grenade box. You, you, yeah. we've got to, and I think at the moment the industry's a little bit between a rock and a hard place because we are in the middle of a, of, of a crisis of, of, of staffing. We, we know that. So we really, in a lot of cases, try to grasp to, to fill holes very, very quickly. We're, we're very yeah. reactive at the moment. And we've always been that way, but it's even more so at the moment. And if we can just take a step back and assess a little bit more clearly and mm-hmm. look at the cultural fit look at the attitudinal fit look at how they interact with the people that are around them and also their skill level I mean you can always teach I mean teach better skills that's for sure yeah but we don't do any any formalized testing of it
1: correct and like I guess what I'm going to do here is do a bit of a blatant plug for the platform the, <laughs> the, the love your business which is being launched in July mm-hmm. and you know if i if i look at all the work that i've done in the last 15 years or so in terms of when we go in and we do team profiling i see that as the border of the jigsaw puzzle it's yeah. a really key, it's a really key part but it's not the total answer it's part of the solution in terms of communicating and having depth of understanding within the team however there's been a very very big element missing in our industry, which is why I've worked with a number of professionals in HR, behavioral psychology, um, and legal to bring this platform to our. It's a specific real estate um, platform where we can actually measure. We have a dashboard where you can actually measure team engagement. You can do the surveys. We can get do the one on ones. It's a whole infrastructure that also provides and houses. We've got, you know, we've at the moment got thousands of documents that we're putting into the, into the thing of, of, you know, your standards, your onboarding procedure and everything like that and, and actually have everything in one place as well as a whole, you know, we've integrated with another um, learning and development platform as well where there is um, delivery of training modules in many different aspects, whether that's from health and safety right through to sales I think as a business owner in real estate, it's very, very hard because most by, have come through being a sales agent or a property manager who were possibly in a situation where they, weren't, they thought the environment that they were in, in a lot of cases, was not conducive to their success. And so they decided to start their own agency or business with very little formalised training and support. We, we, we learn all of the legislation, but what are the practical skills? And we talk about the recruitment crisis within real estate. I think what's as equally as important is the retention crisis. Of mm-hmm. how we create, create an environment where people want to contribute and stay and are aligned with your belt val- with the values of that organization and consistent leadership from that leader and part of like what we're doing with the love your business platform is to be able to provide that infrastructure for the for the for the business owner so they can retain because yep. we're looking at each staff member it's like 30 to 50% of their annual income
0: that's right and and if we if we can get that retention piece right our recruitment requirements will actually drop away. We'll be recruiting for growth rather than recruiting for gap. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And we've always recruited, I think, well, not always. That's, that's been very general. But unless we're growing, you know, all we're doing in most cases is we're just filling for, you know, when when someone's resigned, when someone's decided they don't want to work there anymore for, for whatever reason. So we've, we've got to get away from that. We've got to be a bit more more structured with our plan. And that's... Yeah. That, that's one thing that we, we struggle with. We do try to look forward, I think, as an industry. But in a lot of cases, we, we end up being derailed by the immediacy of the, the, the requirements that we have. And I, think, I don't think really, I, I don't think real estate's any different to that. I think most industries, most sectors are exactly the same. Yeah. They're, I, they're looking at the future, but they're, they're getting the present coming in from the side
1: yeah.
0: and taking control of the situation. So that, and that's 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 a difficult thing to overcome. Now, I just what, what, and I think we all face the, these sorts of challenges, and sometimes we go through some some pretty hard times. I'll segue into into something else that's a little bit different um, and talk more about, I mean, resilience and, and and coping. We've all had times in our life where there have been particular. Challenges personally, and I know your situation, and uh, and I'm, I'm very respectful of that. But I don't, and I don't want to sort of go touching into anything that's, yeah, absolutely, yeah. When you face those sorts of personal challenges, where have you gone? What what have you done to to keep yourself afloat? To 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 keep yourself buoyant? What, what have you done? Have you is it reading? Is it internal?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a couple of things, right? And I and like for the for your viewers who don't know my my story, um, but seven years ago, well, seven and a half years ago, my husband, um, Peter, was at sixty five diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which we started, which we thought was a pinched nerve in his back. He just uh, picked up a kettle one day, and his his hand sort of went a bit floppy. And it was about a six-month journey in terms of diagnosis because there's no definitive test for motor neurone. And within um, a couple of months of that, he was in a, in, in, a, in a wheelchair. And for seven years, he fought this hideous disease. And on average, it's 27 months is the lifespan of most people. There's two forms of motor neurone disease. is what they call the bulbar, which affects your speech, which you're, you're familiar with um, Neil Denneher, of course, in yeah. Melbourne, and you'll see he sounds very, they sound like they're drunk, right? Yep. They've had a stroke. Or there's ALS, which is a lateral sclerosis, um, which is what Pete had. And so basically the neurons in your brain stop sending messages to your muscles and you have muscle weakness in your body to finally in the last days the, the your muscle, muscles that, allow you to breathe just collapsed.
0: Oh, okay, so, yeah.
1: so for the past five years, um, Peter's not been able, he was not able to feed himself to to had to have any independence whatsoever because he couldn't use his arms, he couldn't use his legs. Cognitively, thank God he he was smart, right? And he he still had his faculties. But it was a tough journey and I guess for me, um, and coming back to your opening comments, like I've got so many things happening um, with under my brand, was within those seven years I was really in business survival. I had an incredible business partner that, you know, I can remember times of us consulting with clients and I would fall asleep in the corner because I'd be <laughs> like with Pete, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you talk about resilience. You talk about choice. When we talk about resilience, we talk about choice because you will always have a choice of how you want, how you choose to react and respond. Yep. Humor got me through. <laughs> I mean, a lot of you know, my friends, my family, my colleagues, my clients, the blessings that you know, and I believe like Peter had a death sentence, right? But he had a death sentence that come with many, many blessings. And he got five years longer. He saw um, both of his daughters get married. He saw uh, Amy, um, when he Peter passed in March, she was about seven months pregnant. Um, but Kaya was his constant companion. Um, she was like... Four years old, and she would feed Poppy and and ride around with Poppy on his wheelchair. They had a very close relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. One
1: of the greatest joys for him was to see our eldest daughter, who had gone through three years of IVF, deliver two beautiful, beautiful little humans. And they were seven weeks old when um, when Pete passed. That, yeah. him as a father and his life goals, they were fulfilled. Good. Um, so having those strong values around family is really important. Reaching mm-hmm. out for help, right? And so it doesn't matter what your situation, whether it's something like a medical diagnosis like I had or we had or whether it is something is you like you're just maybe struggling a little bit with your mental health. And I'm going to give a, a, a plug here for the Real Care app. You yep. Go to the Apple store and grab it. It's amazing. It's sponsored by, you know, the Rise Initiative and um, Domain MRI. It's a great tool. And I, as part of an onboarding process, everybody should be using that Real Care app as your employee assistance program. There is a lot of help. Sometimes we don't ask for help.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we we think we, we know all the answers. I think and that's and we don't. No one does, um, and uh, and I know at times that when when I've I've struggled, I've I've actually done that. I've had times where I've gone, no, no, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm good. But there have been other times I've gone, you know what? No, I'm not. I actually need to, yeah, you know, I need to call someone, whether it's a mm-hmm. mate, whether it's a you know family member, whatever it is. So yeah, okay. you're right.
1: So important, Kurt, because we are living in a, in an industry that is the most at risk industry. Mm-hmm. Of suicide so 13 out of, out of every 1000 suicides in australia come from the real estate industry mm-hmm. okay it's very sobering and this yeah. is why when i go back in terms of when we have an employee we have somebody in our team we need to own their hearts as well as their hours we need to know about their life goals we need to know about their families You know, I see so often that people are commoditized, and I understand that business owners get jaded. I understand that it's hard. But if you want to keep good people, you need to be invested in them as a person, make them feel valued within your organisation, make them feel safe, right? There's just some really key things that you need to do that is going to have incredible results and impact on your business going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and it, it, the, the organisations that do well are those that do show that care. They, 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 they do have that respect for their team. They have that, it's, it's, it's a love for their team members. and Absolutely. And you touched on it there, they, they make them feel safe. They know that their team know that the people above them, the management team above them, have their back. And that's such a vital thing to have that, that feeling right. of support within an organisation because that's really, when you think about it, we started this conversation talking about culture. Culture comes from the top.
1: Absolutely it does.
0: It's, it's displayed it by done. everyone but it comes from the top and it comes from the way that people lead and the, 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 the actions and the behaviours and the attributes that they display.
1: Correct. And I and I'll add to that the consistency that they have um, in displaying those attributes. See, there's there's a you know, we need to provide safety for those in our team and we need to allow consistency. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, uh, is it you know we often always see not always, but often we'll see that the employee is at fault. What is the framework that we actually set them up for success? What is the, the accountability? What are the tools that we give them? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add one more thing here on resilience, which is important. The reason I left real estate in 2001 and decided that you know I, I was at burnout, and the thing that shocked me about myself was the realization of how one dimensional I became. That my conversations were very narrow, and that really scared me because you become obsessive. So I think, in terms of, I think it's critical to be looking at when we talk about resilience. um, It needs to come from other areas of your life. My mental fitness is very much in tune to my physical fitness, and that's me taking time and, and taking time out. So that whatever remaining years I've got left, which I'm hoping and counting on and planning on there being many of them, is that I go into my, I, I turn 63 this year, but I go, I'm going into those next 20 years with strength and resilience for my body, strength and resilience for my mindset,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a heart for others. Right? I I just think it's so important to have, you know, collaboration in your life. I think it's so, so important to have gratitude. I think that it's also really important to keep yourself in check that you come from a place of humility and not ego. Oh,
0: yeah. Yep, for sure. Because that and, and that's, that's, that's really interesting because you touch on very similar points to those which I have over time and I've talked to people about resilience and I've, I've done some platform speaking on it and they're the, they're the, the keys. Gratitude, empathy, humility, humour. Yeah, and that's sense. that's, that's really a big one. The, the most resilient people I know have got a very, very well-developed and in some cases quite warped sense of humour. Certainly, something you can look at the world through a different lens—that not everything is is serious—and yeah. and, and there they may be serious situations, but I mean, if you go back three years, people—you remember all the memes and all the jokes that were being told about the the coronavirus—and and, and yeah. that got a lot of people through because people were trying to find the light side of it, the funny side of it. So yeah. we can't walk around with these two big stones on our on our shoulders. Yeah, I think the world's as, as bad as it is. And when yes. Pete
1: passed, Yeah, so when Pete passed, I stopped watching the news mm-hmm. because he would call me at every evening. Like, you know, you can imagine, like, your world becomes very small, his world. And right. so, it, so his highlight was at 6 o'clock or 5.30 he would call me and he would summon me and say, Julie, the news is on. And then we would spend the, the rest of the evening watching every conceivable News show that was on whether it's Sky News, Current Affair, ABC News, SBA, mm. like whatever he was just like, and that's what kept him alert, right? The current affairs and everything. But for me, I was like very newsed out. And um, the other thing that was very pivotal for me was happiness is like a really important thing, and being in a place where you're happy and not doing things out of a sense of obligation. So I, I'm probably hijacking you a little bit here in terms of my time because um, I just think like these points like have been very pivotal for me was when when I, I, I was very, very clear uh, in terms of where I wanted to go in the future when my, my next chapter started, right? Very, yeah. very clear. And um, my then business partner, Neil, my very dear friend, he had been diagnosed with PTSD. And has gone through so much personally and still does. And I, after his dad passed away two weeks after Pete, and I had a conversation with him and and I said, okay, we need to have a conversation of where do we go from here within the business? Because I'm ready, I've got my jetpack on, I'm ready to go. Right. But I needed, you need to check in and go where, like, and I said to him, whatever you choose to do, I will support you. But whatever you choose to do comes from a place where you are going to be happy. And he said to me two days later, he goes, I'd like to retire, um, uh, which he did. And so 1st of July last year I morphed into my own brand um, and had several brands Under that, Agent Dynamics, of course, Team Dynamics, now love your business plus my personal consultancy. And so he made a decision that was the right decision for him. We have an amazing relationship. Most partnerships go south at most points. We've got an incredible, like when I just sent me the most beautiful flowers, you know, from like he truly believes in me. And we still have conversations weekly and, and catch up. But having that clarity, but also like knowing if there's somebody else involved in that is like to have the conversation, what's going to make them happy, what do they want, and to alleviate any sense of obligation, because Neil obviously he supported me incredibly over that period. But mm-hmm. because he had struggled so much with his own health and mental health, it was through a sense of obligation that he supported me, which is commendable. However, sometimes we do that in detriment for ourselves. So yeah, I think sure. communication is, um, is, is really critical. For me, I've got very high values as well around personal development and learning and always wanting to be better. And I think it just has made me much more multidimensional. And, of course, your, your faith is important as well. Mm-hmm. But it makes you multi-dimensional of how you show up in the world and it makes you more expansive but it also yep. allows you to be more focused.
0: That's right. And that's, 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 that's interesting to see that, and this goes to what you said before about when you left the industry in 2001, you become very one-dimensional. Yeah. And we do tend to do that. We need to have other facets within One- ourselves yeah. that, are, that are not solely to do with our work because that's where we can find the, the joy in our lives, the happiness in our lives. When we're so focused on work, well, if that's not going well, we've got too much tied to it. And we're too too aligned to it. And but we've like got other things, as you said. You know, there's other branches, other businesses, that are other interests. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's a vital thing.
1: Harvard, Harvard did a big study. Mark Buckingham, they did a big study a number of years ago, talking about like team engagement and a healthy workplace. Yep. And a very big contributing factor to that was the, the interest that whether it's some sort of side gig or whatever, the interest that people had outside of work mm-hmm. made them, because they had lots of other things going on, actually made them more productive and more engaged in the workplace.
0: That's right. yep, exactly. and that's that, and that's what everyone sure in some way have whether other interests, whatever they are, uh, I mean I think mine are pretty well documented all over social media as to what my intent yeah. to. With the, with the skiing and the kayaking and a couple other things. but
1: Anyone, I, can't understand, I can't understand how you want to have a holiday and get cold, right? I'm an après skier, right, in front of the mm-hmm. fire, blue but I'm more of a, like, let's lay on a on a tropical island type girl or go on a cruise.
0: Do you realise that I sweat more when I'm skiing than I do lying on the beach? I'm sure
1: that you do. I'm sure that you do. And I, and I've never ever developed a skill set, even coming from Canberra, we would, yep. you know, but I've I never, I've never really skied. I'm sure it's a, you know, it would be a really great thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, my, my kids said, let's go to Queenstown. And I went to Queenstown a couple of years ago in November and it was 11 degrees. <laughs> and I'm going, like, this is like, like, not my idea of a holiday. But anyway, different strokes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah you're, you're from canberra that' almost feel like it's was tropics wasn't it time
1: yeah i've done my time now gold Coast winters i had 40 um canberra winters where you get chilled to the bone
0: mm-hmm.
1: i do miss i do miss autumn um that we don't have on the gold coast but yeah. i do i we become a bit of a sook you know when we're you yeah. know when i go to Melbourne or Whatever. It's okay in short doses, but
0: just layer up when you come down south. Julie, just, Yeah, I think this is a great spot to wrap it up because once again, we're, we're back to what we were talking about in, in terms of resilience. We talk about humor. Um, I am so thankful for you coming on the show. Um, very appreciative. So thank you very, very much. Uh, I look forward to our ventures together and I am deeply humbled that you chose to share as much of your story with our audience that you did. So thank you so much.
1: And I would just like before we wrap up, you know, Kirk, um, one of the other decisions that I made uh, when I looked in my future was the expansion of Agent Dynamics. Mm-hmm. And that's my baby, right? That brand is so important to me. We've built that brand up over the last 15 years. And you can only get leverage through two ways, people or systems. And so the past couple of years, we spent a lot of time building the systems within our business and automating. And I was very careful and considerate of who I would invite into partnership um, in Agent Dynamics. And the criteria, once again, I went back to my, my, my criteria of is this person valued aligned with my values? Will they... Am I proud to have this person within my organization? And do I believe they will do good work? And they come from the highest place of ethical standards and behavior. Do they, are they already in the industry? Are they already making a difference that by becoming a partner in Agent Dynamics, this will value add to both themselves and to their clients? And do they have the skill level to to be able to pursue that stream within the income, and 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 Kirk, you you ticked all three boxes, and you know we've only we've only and we only will have a very small number of of clients, but I believe so much in what we do and the work that we do. There's only so much that I can do, and to have people like you on the ground that have got the same level of commitment to have people. Understand themselves and how they can contribute, and how they can make a difference in the world. I'm really proud to have you on board as one of our partners in Agent Dynamics.
0: Well, thank you. That's that's that, that's a very very high compliment, and I am, I'm even more humbled now. I'm, I'm actually a little bit lost for it, but thank you. Um, and, and people who know me know that that's that's a hard ask to 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 get me to stop talking. So
1: of of those who know you, Kirk, and who work with you or who want to know more about agent dynamics, reach out to Kirk. Don't reach out to me. Reach out to Kirk and ask him, uh, get on a call with you and take you through our framework and our platform and how this can actually totally transform your business.
0: Thank you. All right. And this is the end of Series 1 and a fitting way to end it. So thank you, Julie. We'll be it's back been absolute,
1: absolute pleasure.
0: We'll be back with Series 2 very shortly. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversation series. These are brought to you proudly by Tappy, Box Brownie, Inspection Express and Agent Dynamics. Please be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.